Greetings and welcome to the Beyond Earth show. I am your host, Ray Trujillo, and I want to wish everyone a very happy new moon in Gemini. And also thank all of you for your presence on this beautiful day, this June 17th transmission. And I truly hope that all of you have had a magical, as always, and glorious two weeks past. And also would like to thank everyone for your participation and the new subscribers as well as the consistent subscribers to the show. It means a lot as it's an honor and a privilege to be here with you. And so today's topic, I, I wanted to extend and elaborate upon the previous two shows regarding death and transformation and revitalization and the renewal principle, the regeneration principle of our soul's purpose, our soul's inheritance, our soul's encompassment. And for anyone that's new or a reminder, I also like to remind everyone that this show is for everyone of all backgrounds, all paths of life, all journeys, regardless of where you are in your journey, that wherever you may posit yourself, wherever you position yourself, essentially your stance, your perspective, your ideology, your theology, your non-theology, whatever background is suitable for you and whichever perspective accommodates you in this timeline of your divine soul's rightful inheritance, this show is for everyone across the board. And so we do look at metaphysical and transpersonal principles as well. And my endeavor is to enhance anyone's life's perspective, anyone's spiritual enhancement in the capacity in which I can provide. And so it is a pleasure always. And I, I did want to also mention about the new moon in Gemini, that we are in always a transitional place and time with the lunar cycles, la luna. And so when we entreat upon the utilities of the lunar phases and the cosmology, the cosmic divine potential, the force, the ebb and flow of what we move with, what we transcend with, what we integrate, and also what we choose to expunge, excavate, and what we choose to also dissolve from our frequency, what no longer serves us in the new living vessel of our daily renewal, of our weekly renewal, of our yearly renewal. And so in these places in which we go through much experiences and transformations, there's always the place of being in that representative whole sum as a conduit. And we can utilize the energy along with our own integrated energy to be that conduit for perhaps defending the self, enhancing the self. And so when we also go through the necessary endings, so many of you may, may completely be aware of what I'm speaking of, in which there has been a complete shift in, I would say, a culmination of the majority of people out there in a general wholesome. Right now, there's been a great deal of endings and new beginnings and yes anyone can say that that's part of life as is such of life that that is our purpose here to end and begin anew and there's new life daily yes but in a an accelerated 
sort of effort when we see things in the quickening and the accelerated force field of all of our divine time, a linear time, nonlinear time, which I'll also elaborate upon that, of course. But when we are in that renewal, regeneration, and we have certain unexpected changes and also some very welcomed changes, which can also be seen and experienced as a blessing in disguise. And so those blessings in disguise can also come to us a little bit delayed in the future, in which in that moment we really wanted to fasten to that, to just hold strong and steady to a principle or a thought or a person or an idealization. And yet when it is transferred out and the truth is revealed in any capacity and the awakening is commencing and the quickening the acceleration factor that quotient ability of having that sped up and in the rapidity of that there is a great deal in which our human bodies and our human minds and our spiritual beings have to assimilate and acquiesce accordingly to and keep up and catch up and many of you may be going through your individual ascension Again, this could be your second integration, your third integration, and or even your very first integration. So in many, many ways, this is that part of that new moon cycle and where an overview of ourselves. So right now the new moon is in Gemini, and this is where we have abilities to rewrite our future. And when we are in this cosmo, divine energy frequency that we recognize that we are phenomenal beings and that we have certain provisions in which we implement into ourselves, and also with the clarity that we seek and the clarity that we want to absolve as well and that we want to literally dissipate the with the uncertainties in which we confront and then we find and we discover we uncover and then truths are revealed to us and so that is when we apply those chances those opportunities to become more illumined in the perspective in the internal and also the external of ourself and so this is literally a chance for the probability to renew with insight and to resurrect the inner passions of our soul's journey, our life force, our integration on the third dimension on planet Earth, and also our integration with our spiritual transcending this dimension as well while we're on Earth, of course. And so I I did want to just touch in with that with the divine timing. And um, so part of today's transmission, I would like to continue from the previous topics in the previous two shows. And this is a subject that pertains to all of us, death and the transformation of self. And it can be very sensitive, of course, but it's so necessary because people discuss this with me constantly. And it's something that people come to me with that they want to discuss. And sometimes they don't know where to go to actively speak of this with a very non-judgmental and free-form thought application of various hypotheses, various dogmas, and the application of just 
true postulation, true contemplation on that we can consider a myriad of elements. So that's what I mean by when I preface with that. So when I speak of death and when I speak of the notion of the journey in which our physical body decides to retire from this realm, and when we proceed into whatever one wants to believe in, I always say this, I believe in the heavens and the celestial realms and reincarnation, yet someone else might not believe in that. And that's completely, totally fine. Everyone is respective with their own belief system, yet I'm speaking in a wholesome. And so we have these, uh, let's say, erroneous ideas, these erroneous perspectives of death. And so when we have that perception, we perceive it, let's say, with a generalized fear, right? There's a generalized fear and a generalized terror. We don't all come into this world with this, with this intrepidness of that we do not fear death, that we do not fear. There are many that can have that ability, yet in a generalized component, in a generalized wholesome, there is much of the fear and the terror, of course, and there's circumstances that surround it. Yet in just the mainline specific aspect of death, it is truly never welcomed. It is of fear and it is of hesitation. And we do everything we can here on planet Earth to mitigate and be proactive and to extend our life as long as possible. Even if a baby infant is born with a disability and we hold on, we pray, we hold steadfast for that baby to live another day, that there's a chance for survival, right? When we see an innocent animal, of course, that's injured, we pray for the survival. And then if there's someone who is here for 110 years old and it's their time, beautiful. But it's the quality of life. And this is my end goal summation that I really want to express is that I speak of death in the notion of that it is part of our inherent, it, it affects all of us and we do die continuously. Yet in the principle of our energetic field of life and what we utilize while we're here with whatever we can utilize here. And so to make the most of our life, to make the most of others' lives, to make the most of strangers' lives and animals' lives, while we can if we're able to do so. And so when I do speak of that there are the circumstances and certain specific, uh, of course, that some do have a, a notion of that death is a reprieve in that rest place and the what's compatible to themselves within that interim of rest for their soul that they are welcoming death and again this is for everyone that we have people that are choosing to leave the planet we have people who are planning on it with assisted suicide and like i said and we have also people who are fighting for their lives and they want to hang on as long as possible and so like i was mentioning before I am completely respective to everyone's choice. I just want to help enhance or enhance people that are going through it or people who are fighting for their lives, people who are ready to retire from life. 
um, you know, and safe psychologically, and also those that are the beloved, the family and friends and colleagues that are around people and animals, of course, their pets, and just to have a comprehensive discussion pertaining to these topics that are not so easy uh, to discuss with the generalized public. It's not something that you can just find on mainstream. You know, there's so much taboo with the notion of our death, which is inherent part of our soul's journey. And so there is that perception in which we do have this reprieve of our personal self in the interim of our lifetime in our lives a cycle and if we can truly look upon death in the perception that there is much duality in which that duality the light and the dark the yin and the yang the regeneration renewal the transformation the metamorphosis as much like our seasons right so our life cycles our seasons our souls journey truly continues to evolve and in our soul's transcendence truly there is such this dependence upon belief systems and and also non-belief systems in which we have an attachment and so we have an attachment in any form whether it's in the materia form and a superficial form in the spirit form in the the self-doubt, there's always an attachment there in some capacity. Yet, when we do continue to evolve and we actually go through whatever belief system one carries within themselves, that in the essential inner life awareness that our soul does proceed forth, that there is in a conscious place within all of us that there is the archetype of survival whether it's from our ancestral lines, our spiritual reincarnation lines, or the drive within the self that even if one believes that this is it, this is the only life and we disintegrate and there's no afterlife, and that's fine for that person who believes that, but there is still that prolonged effort to survive and to have tenacity and the fortification of strength to proceed forth in such a way. And so in any application, in any thought process, there is much to consider. And of course, concessions that we come to with thoughts and with the sharing of ideas and sharing of uh, perspectives. And that's why it's so important and vital for people to discuss so we can learn from each other, right? So um, there's not all just one thought of being, correct? And so when I speak of this in the essential inner life awareness, when I speak of that, that our soul continues onward and upward and does proceed forth in that steadfastness, that that when we see the great escape, that when we consider the great escape as death, right? And we apply that it is an entrance into a fuller measure of our activity. And so when we look upon life and death in that method and manner of that, we're entreating upon a fuller measure of our life's activity 
in the place of our consciousness. So in that conscious stream of active thought and active integration and active processes and active resolution, conflict resolution, the confrontation of all that is life, that there is an imperative coalescence with the physiological form and the materia, the substance in the material realm in which this is truly and merely only yet our cloak of skin. Yes, we have nerve endings. Yes, we have interstitial fluid and pain and we suffer and we do go through a great deal in the physical flesh and the physical body. Yet when we do confront this, that our consciousness is part of that fuller measure of our activity. In the physiological form, there's the consciousness. And I will ex also elaborate on that and extend into that further, of course. Yet, I don't want to digress, but in that actual vessel, our sacred vessel, that cloak of skin, there's the transfiguration of that vehicle. And the sacred vessel that we know that we are so uh, attached to at times and when we have that release of the life from the crystallized vehicle which is what we are familiar with and when we truly evolve and entreat upon the liberation from let's say perhaps we could consider uh, an inadequate form at times right because if we see ourselves fully functional and we see ourselves completely full of life force and we feel strong, we feel mighty, we feel adequate, correct? Yet uh, there's a time and place for all of us, no matter what age, no matter what our level of health, no matter what our level of disability is uh, consistent with, that there is a place in which we have, in essence, yes, we're made in the form of God. We are made in the vision of God, perfect here in so many ways. Yet in the inadequacy of the form, there is much to apply with our grand marvel of who we are, how we are, what we're comprised of in our circuitry, in the way in which we are so capable. We are truly, truly unlimited beings here. And if we can grasp that and transcend the inadequacy that we self-impose upon ourselves at times, that we are actually very adequate if we believe that we're adequate. And so the natural baseline to revert to is inadequacy. And so the inadequate form is the illusion within ourself, right? And I'm speaking, we see people who have a great deal of disability and they are able to transcend it and to truly enhance their strengths and their fighting all the time daily to transcend limited you know limitation belief systems and i honor that and it's so inspiring and so then there's others that it's so hard for them and it's understandable and I'm not doing a comparison of anyone here. I'm not being having people competitive with one another, but I'm speaking of the fact that when we unleash that unlimited power of that, we are not always inadequate, that that's an illusion. And when we see that we have in our salvation from the body, 
from the body, naturia. And when we literally, through that process, when we literally acquiesce, when we literally confront that, that such the process of death in which we define these mysteries, because death, there's numerous mysteries with that. And so when we confront those mysteries and we process that and we maybe bookmark that in our mind and we consider and we maybe like the Tibetan Book of the Dead where there's the active engagement with visualizing your death all the way from the time of death until your decomposition. There are so many ways in which to confront it and that's not for everyone. And then there's other ways of visualization where you imagine yourself completely in the most perfect way, whatever suits for you. But there are different ways to confront the notion. And when you face it with the intrepidness that you can, and you realize that you are a sacred being in a vessel that's crystallized, yes, but you are liberated always. There's only the confines of this third dimensional and what is brainwashing uh, the hypnosis that we are subjected to, cognitive dissonance and so forth, and mass formation psychosis, and so many things uh, that we have to counteract with on a daily, I would say, in a daily manner. And so when we truly look within ourselves and with prayer, with meditation, with yogic exercises, breathing exercise, affirmations, chanting, whatever one wants to do, journaling, exercise, anything, that there's a sacred meditation in which you are at union with your creator, with God, with Jesus, with the archangels, with the cosmic councils, with Buddha, with Shiva, right? With Atma, with the Shekinah, whatever is feeling correct for you. And you delve in and you dive deep into the realms of the inner recesses of your innate awareness. And you see that you are truly indestructible. Yes, our physical flesh is subjected to many things. Our bones are subjected to many injury. Yes. However, our soul, our inherent soul has an awareness that this is not the end for all of us. And animals know this on many levels. Animals truly have an ascended mastership of their awareness in which they choose to come here for various reasons, reincarnate back to us, reincarnate and to continue a certain cycle, but they do have an awareness. And so when we humans apply that awareness, it actually creates our present life, our present life in activity and our purpose in our life and what we attract into our life. And what we receive from that manifestation in our life, of our life, in which what we do and how we apply with what we're given, how we maneuver around the constructs of what's thrown at us in this third dimension. So when we experience that and we come from that salvation of ourself and we truly define what is the mystery, what is the mysterious process, right? And to this mysterious process to which all forms under God's green earth are subjected to. And truly, though, 
when it is perceived that there's this generalized terror, let's say a generalized fear and where there's the dreaded end and that when we have the dreaded end that is due to perhaps what is not always understood, right? And so when we have that confrontation of what is dreaded and misunderstood and that we have that inclination to bear fear, of course. And so in which the mind of us, the mind of man, the mind of all of us humans at times has these, uh, let's say, minimally developed introspections and that there is such the fear of the unknown. And so when we have those, let's say, challenged moments of where we have been let's say, formed in the function of what we're supposed to receive and encounter, correct? And so when it is normal to be afraid, absolutely, yes. It is normal to have fear, absolutely. It is normal to have terror of the unknown and what is unfamiliar, absolutely. Yet when we transcend and we extend ourselves outwardly, when we supersede our soul star and we practice our prayer and our meditation, and I'll explain OBEs and NDEs in a moment as well, out-of-body experiences and near-death experiences. Yet when we have that fear of that what's unfamiliar combined with attachment to form, and in the Buddhist principles, there's always a discussion of, you know, the attachment and attachment is the root of suffering, which yes, because whenever we align ourselves to an attachment, then that attachment can soon thereby dissipate at some point, or we can lose that attachment, but there's always a way around to confront it. And so when, when you have that attachment to form and it's comprised of our mental selves and the counteracting elements of what we seem, and remember, I say what we seem to know, that there's the illusion. And so the illusion of what we behold as the dreaded fear, the terror in which that brings to light in most of us and all of us that at times when we have the death transformation and we witness that, like when Jesus left the earth and returned, there's the most beneficent occurrence in the life cycle of an incarnating son of God. And so we all here, no matter what you believe in or not, we are constantly resurrecting and reincarnating in any form and that our soul is truly magnanimous as long as we allow our souls to be magnanimous, as long as we allow that frequency of that cosmic power, of that cosmic divine nurturing compassion to live within us. And so the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven is within all of us. And so when we transcend that illusion, life changes around us. When we transcend all of that maya, the illusion of the fear and the doubt in any capacity, then we are proactive. Yes, we are very, very much in discernment where we practice discernment with wisdom and we are proactive, we are cautious and we are risk averse. Absolutely. Yes. But when we see ourselves in the soul and not just as man, not just as a human, not just as a mortal being, we have the ability to 
truly amplify our life force and our source of life. And we work in a union with God, the universe, our celestial beings, our starseed beings, and any the, the Buddha, Christ consciousness, anything that you want to uh, apply yourself with. Yet, when we encounter that, when we see the pattern of death and we see that, right? It's so despondent for us as humans where we bereave, we're in bereavement and we are mourning. And yes, of course, that's going to happen. Yet for the person, for the soul that is transcending, there is that liberation. And so when we when we can't see the liberation before our our, our very own eyes, it can be very difficult to have that because it's intangible and we are so accustomed to what's tangible in the senses. And so when we do whatever we can to avoid and prolong and mitigate all of the, let's say, and be averse to risk, right? We, if we could only grasp and realize that no matter what we do, as long as we carry forth with this life force within us, that we do have a principle that we are never truly gone, that we are still in a beautiful form of existence, no matter what may happen to us here in this earthly dimension, or if we reincarnate, or if we don't reincarnate, right? So, but when we consider that if we could with the minimal mindset and also with the maximal mindset that when we can take a moment to grasp and realize that death is truly one of the most practiced activities. And so in essence, we have died numerous times, numerous times. We've had rebirth in so many ways. How many of you out there have not seen someone for a long time and then you see them again, they're like brand new, right? They had a death to their old self, a death to their ego, death to their shadow self, a death to a different degree, not just in the physical, right? So that's common. Or how many people have said that in which they say, wow, I feel like a new person today. I feel like a new man. I feel like a new woman today. Wow, right? And um, you see that constantly. Yet also, when we look at sleeping, when we consider when we rest in the evening or in the day, whatever time you sleep, and when we practice this activity of where, let's say, um, we can say that we've died numerous times and we shall continue to die. And let's say we die again and again and rebirth again and again. And in the sequential manner of various forms, let's say. And so I will say this, what I'm arising to is that essentially death is a matter of the consciousness and that we are in the conscious capability one moment, yes, here in the third dimensional physical plane. And yet a moment later, we have withdrawn onto another plane. And so while we are actively conscious that I will state, however, in this moment, that so long as our consciousness is identified with the form aspect of ourself, that 
death will seemingly truly behold this reverence of that fear at times, even in ancient times, the terror, the fear. But if we can transcend that, and when we go through our sleep pattern and in a holy instant, or even with out-of-body experiences, near-death experience, this can apply also when that's a whole other topic that I'll get into another time. Yet in the holy instant of that, in which we are aware of ourselves to be souls while we're in this operating field in our astral plane and our sleep realm that is a death from our physical self in that moment in which our physical self is still connected to our conscious self and our spiritual self while we are very, 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 very active in the outer realms doing God knows and we might remember, we might not remember, yet the universe knows that we are doing work in some capacity and we are resting, yes, but we are also doing work. And so while we're on the other plane and we're, we're completely actively conscious on that other plane and we identify in that moment that we are still alive, we're still breathing, we are still conscious because our consciousness is so much full of life that we have this comprehension and that we are sustained. And so in that sustaining principle in which we have that capability to discover that we are able to reach another realm and the probabilities of additional realms as well, that when we're in any potential form, plane or dimension at our will, because yes, God grants us the gift and bestows us the gift of free will and when we have the assimilation of the soul's liberation, in which is also with that congruency, that uh, with the awareness, let's say, in that direction within the form of God. And so we know that, okay, due north, um, in this latitude, longitude, in this celestial realm, okay, we are sustained by God or sustained by a higher power, the creator, the grand architect, whatever you want to say, yet that is when we all have to see for ourselves that we are sustained, that we are sustainable, that we are being held by a greater love, a greater love and a greater power than we can truly see and feel in the absolute perfection in which it exists. And so when I speak of this for the general average person, myself included, of course, that death is seemingly the cataclysmic end, right? And so when we all think of it in that way, but then when we go through that, what consists of it, right? And so what consists of the involvement of the termination of all the human to human self, right? So in the human to human third plane dimensional relationships, all relations in third dimension. And so when we confront that in that cessation of all the tangibility of the physical activity, and let's say this, let's say that the severance, we can look at the severance of the avenues of signs of tangible matter, right? And so when we see the signs of tangible love, tangible affection, and we feel that tangible affection, the tangible embrace, and the holding a beloved's hand, you know, consoling them, the sense of, in the sensory, 
the olfactory, everything. And so with a human-to-human form, that interaction of touch and feel and sense and all of that, which is comprised of what our materia consists of, yes? But when we say to someone or we hear from someone, I see you, I feel you, right? I understand you. I empathize with you. And I love you, right? I honor you. I respect you, dear one, dear friend, dear brother, dear sister, dear mother, dear father, dear friend, dear colleague, dear spouse, dear beautiful pet, dear beautiful animal kingdom, dear beautiful sky. I love all of you. I love you, God. I love you, Jesus. I love you, archangels. I love you to with everything, all of my vessel. But that love does not leave when we leave this dimension. All of those emanations that we determine as tangible also have the superpower in the congruency of being also intangible. And that's where we also can get into with our telepathy and uh, being able to see with our third eye and to have the ability of clairaudient, clairvoyance, clairsentience, and all the clairs and beyond that as well, you know. So there is such the capacity of this intrinsic beauty of our life and what our lives are comprised of, and that it does not end here. And so when we look upon the what's the tangible, which is what it's normal for us to just consider the tangible, right? And so when we look at the elements of the tangible, of the physical activity, the attachment of those senses that I'm speaking of, that, that are, let's say, essentially when we prohibit ourselves from being in that place of willingness to leave, willingness to leave. Why would I want to leave such a dimension of this physical place that offers me a myriad of elements that I can truly feel? these feelings. And then to the contrary, those that are suffrage and pain and alone and in despair, that's where the discordance comes in. And so I'll discuss that in a moment. Yet intermittently, though, throughout the show and upcoming shows, I'll discuss that, of course. But when we thereby also can protest into the unknown, when we are in the analogous of perhaps let's saying this let's say this that um leaving a beautifully well-lit comfortable home that is sacred let's say it's uh, very familiar has everything you could want your pictures uh, of your family your friends your pets are there your kitty cats are purring your dogs are barking chasing cute toys around and you know you have pet birds whatever you whatever you want and have and everything's familiar the sounds are familiar the touch the texture the scent, the aroma, the pheromones of those around you, everything's so familiar. And when you have that introspection and you have that total comparison of that you behold the memories of truly what is very sacred to the self. And in that analogous of that, you know, it's truly where you have that beloved spectrum where you just feel comfortable, loved, everything is there assembled around you. Then to the stark comparison of going into perhaps, let's say, a shivering cold, darkest night, and you're alone and 
sans everything, you have nothing, and you're just hoping for the best, but you're also full of doubt at the same time, and you don't know where the lighthouse could be, you don't know where anyone is, and you're continuing to search and confront, and you're all while seemingly feeling so alone. And when I say that, you know, when you search for another life form in that component and you confront that notion of that dark night of your soul, that dark night of actual what you could postulate could be your end, as opposed to having that beautiful home with everything and everyone you could imagine and it's just warm and glorious and beautiful, yet that ignites and arises the terror, right? And when we as humans are apt to forget that each and every night that I was discussing, you know, when I was mentioning that we do sleep, we slumber, and we sleep in this, uh, let's say, death to the physical plane, and we are extremely alive, and we are fully functioning, we are doing work elsewhere in different dimensions, and we must remember that, and to take heed of this, truly, that the reality is that in our sleep, in the soul star, in the astral plane, that we are completely, truly facilitated. That, again, that we are sustained and that in that facilitation that we have achieved in many ways an extension of that facilitation in leaving the physical body with, let me explain it this way, when oftentimes when we may imagine um, if we had a dream or we ask someone how they slept or if they dreamt well or how that occurred for them, there's a really true component that it seems to be consistent with people. This is not with insomnia. This is for people with a natural circadian rhythm that's not obstructed and their serotonin levels are, everything is in order in that way. Um, insomnia is a different perspective I can discuss another time. Yet in the physical body, when we do leave, in the sleep realm, that our physical brain consciousness, there's that recollection of, uh, okay, I'm in a different hemisphere, I'm in a different dimension, right? And so we, as mortal beings, relate to that concept of being in and out of sleep, right? In and out of sleep, and in and out of dreaming, right? And in the subsequent interval of active living while we're sleeping, yet in our physical body, there is much of a parallel in the mortal concept of that death and sleep essentially have in a very unique individual form and function. And when we do consider that, you know, due to the fact that death is the longer interval in the life physical plane functioning, right? So we can relate it to, let's say, the grand voyage. You may have heard of death in different ways, but I call it grand voyage, the great sleep, the going abroad, let's say, on an extended vacation for a longer period of time. And so when we have that seemingly extensive, extensive amount of time in which we experience a different plane in our time being linear and whereas in the outer dimension the celestial heavenly planes there is no such thing as time as it is nonlinear and yes we do go through and encounter circular time the oscillation let's say of rhythmic cycles um, 
I, and I will say this, that perhaps we as humans truly do experience the duality in our waking lives. So in our waking lives, we can pretty much have this discernment in which there is the contrast, the yin and the yang, that in our sleep intervals, that we know that we're awaking, that we're awakening and that we are still here. And so during the process of our daily sleep, however, though, or nightly sleep, however you want, whenever you sleep, there's the process of that occasional dying. And the, I, it's literally almost identical in the extent of that in the distinctive difference is that in the middle of our sleep that we have this, let's say, uh, I'll bring up our pineal gland another time because we have our DMT molecules and all that that totally affects us when we are in our sleep realm. For those of you who've actually who've also done a lot of, if you're naturally gifted and also if you've been working to enhance your natural gifts, this is very significant and you, many of you may know exactly what I'm referring to. And if you don't, that's okay. But there is this magnetic thread. It's perhaps a silver cord. Uh, maybe it might be a different color to you, or maybe it is silver, but it truly is a magnetic cord. And so when we are attached to that cord, and so the moment of our sleep, we are out there doing our work and we have that cord that sustains us, that facilitates us and it's fastened to us. And so every night or every time we sleep, there's the element of us being intact and preserved. And so we are preserved and I'll say fastened. It's truly fastened. It's like a fastened element. It's a mechanism in the spiritual realm in which we have this let's say continuity, it's this um, facilitates our path. It, it keeps us tethered in a way, but it's a beautiful tether. It's not like beholden in a negative way. It's very positive, but it, it helps us to return back to our body. And then, you know, waking up is a whole different thing when we wake up and how we process that. And that's a whole other topic. Yet when the moment that we do entreat upon our physical death, our physical death, remember our soul continues on that life thread is severed and cut and it dissipates and it dissolves. And truly upon that moment in which that life thread is severed, when that occurrence happens to commence, the conscious entity of ourself cannot return to the body, the physical body, because when it's in its dense form in the physical capacity, it no longer has the coherence to reanimate, let's say reanimate or to revive. And it does happen. People do leave their body and die and have near-death experiences. I need to interject that. However, in a generalized whole sum, though, what I'm referring to right now is that when the body doesn't have the coherence in the physical dense body to receive back the conscious activity of the soul, in the individual that it seems as if that there is a lacking of the principle to let's say rehome the self again in the physical body because then that's when the body literally resigns itself and then of course rigor mortis commences and the sequential effects of the disintegration occurs and this is all while 
that in the soul's component, in the conscious activity, your memories, your life's work, that is in the quote-unquote intangible. When I say this, I say intangible because we're always attached to the tangible. And so when we have that and we align with that and we remember diligently with the memories that we are preserved with when we transcend, when others transcend, that we apply our faith, our belief system, that in essence we are we are truly, yes, we're physical beings, yet we are spiritual beings in a physical body. And however the body may be crystallized in the vehicle form, our cloak of skin, our, in our protective layers, we are always protected by the creator, by our universal soul star, God, Buddha. And when we do entreat upon the spiritual embodiments of our human form, in which the shell of our anatomical function is having this human experience in that, with that intention, the proclivity to really, let's say, continue onward into the next place, into the next realm, into the next rebirth pool. And um, when we do consider that we have this extension that is gifted to us in the liberation of our self and our soul and from the outer realms, and also the inner life realm that does not leave us. And then we contemplate these notions of that when we do entreat upon the fuller measure of life and, you know, there is freedom from the handicaps or the limitations that come along with a certain um, time frame with the carne, the flesh, right? There are at times those limitations, yet we do work on transcending to the best of our ability. But when we do hypothesize upon these notions and we consider God, the universe, places within us, and there's the position of our own divine timing in our own evolution. And our evolution can be very different from someone else's evolution. And then sometimes we can catch up with one another, right? Sometimes there's an acceleration and a quickening that occurs. And when we purify and we are purified, we there are those who purify, others who become purified, and so forth. And when we have our soul's contract, we decide thereon that this is our pre-birth notion, perhaps. That if we consider that the pre-birth continuous plane, that on the most basic level for everyone, let's say to transmute, let's let's stick with that, to transmute, embrace what we confront and transmute all the aspects of discordant energies. And when I speak of discordant energies, I'm speaking of unloving, negative, lower vibrational energies and any energies that we were unable to transmute from any lifetime, especially this lifetime. And we can do this even now, of course, that it will surely arise. Anything that will just kind of come up to the surface and present itself in this life, in this present moment. And those are presenting itself now, especially while we're living right now, to grant us this opportunity to do so. And so if we can do it now, then we can be proactive with our afterlife, whatever we do with our afterlife, whatever you do with your afterlife, right? And that when we rectify and we heal and we transmute from those discordant corrosive energies and we transcend and that's the beauty of our life is that we can choose to transcend and apply that to transcend 
And so when we do transcend from that separation of love and also to the communion of love, and we enter into the communion of love and the superpower of all the, the divine principles of loving and receiving love, you know, and as our brain's neuroplasticity is truly, let's say, accustomed to, it's adept to re, being rewired and relearning, right, with conscious reconditioning, and also from damage or traumas, right? So just as our brains have the principle and the ability to do that, we also have in our soul the ability to also quantify for ourselves that the opportunities that in the pre-birth agreement, let's say, to choose the opportunity. Let's say that we're going to choose to uh, let's, the prerequisite that from the new birth back into the physical, material, earthly realm plane, that we have the chance that, you know, as we're in the continuity of the ebb and the flow of life in the divine cosmos, as well as the lunar cycles and everything else that's in a cycle, that in our own individual cosmic time cycle calendar, God's calendar, that there's such a primary imperative and paramount significance in that God's divine cosmic calendar. And so when we're here in earth and we're also beyond our earth and we have the ability to heal all the residual remnants. And so all of those capabilities and those possibilities within ourselves and also in the application of the unintegrated energies from and the culmination of all of our lives comprised of everything we've learned experienced what we want to make better here what we want to improve upon here in the materia naturi and the physical flesh and also in the non-physical spiritual soul materia and so in those places in which we confront that there's the element of healing. So let's use healing before I close off, that healing commences as it's a valuable opportunity to seek out the healing principle with our previous existence, our previous lives. And so we want to consider that as well. And we want to apply the love for ourselves, and that there's the necessary necessary component of implementation to harbor no resistance in any aspect of our life so when we resist the healing in any capacity how do we then also allow that the miracles the prayers the manifestations to posit all love and healing uh, from god's miracle methods to commence in the divine formula and to receive it and so when the soul has the unwillingness to receive and also to acquiesce to the healing of the supernatural power of that miraculous duality of love and light and power, then we have to make a stance and literally truly have the ability to unblock ourselves because whenever there's a block, the block creates in a myriad of ways and directions. And so ultimately the purpose of every life's challenge is the same in the baseline. So in closing, that when we do bestow and grant the opportunity to embrace that which we have so far resisted, all of us, in any principle of ourselves, that when we reach that alignment in that vein, that every life challenge is healed in the same way. So by the way of realization of the power that we can conjure, imagine, think, express, declare, say, and 
our actions, what we receive, what we choose to e- express. So our experience of life is not truly determined by our life plan, yet rather how we respond to that plan. And so our reactions truly are significant with how we're conducive, how we conduct ourselves, how we respond and the response mechanisms and our reactive principles, our thought, our attitudinal adjustments, and how to redirect and strategize and navigate ourselves through circumstantial experiences from time in and time out. And so um, I just wanted to close off with that. Let's just work on loving one another and loving ourselves with peace and allowing ourselves to heal while we're here and that we thereby can create our experiences and that also with the great potential of healing because we are all here having the simultaneous, in a sense, spiritual awakening that is so profoundly significant. And so I I appreciate all of your time today and I appreciate all of your participation and do good and be good and let's help make the world and the animal kingdom and the human kingdom be aligned with just as much love and the superpower of love and healing and to help each other along the path. And um, it's been a pleasure. I'm your host, Ray Trujillo of the Beyond Earth Show, and I'll be back in two weeks time. And thank you so much.